This is exactly right. Languages worth of happy birthday songs. That was awesome. These poor girls, get out. You guys didn't know the song at all. Where are you from? New Jersey or something? <laughs> what? No. Don't just start naming cities in California. We're trying to be cool in front of Stockholm people. And they named the worst possible city, which is my Earth hometown. <laughs> Okay, now Irvine, happy birthday only. No, they See? don't know it. They See don't even like? know it. That's what they're like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my head already hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> wow, this is so cool. Weird. Oh, yeah. This is so cool. We are on a European concert <laughs> tour with. <laughs> Sorry. Guys. Yeah, this is all a little surreal. It's quite strange. Every night we're in a different European city that we've usually never been to before. No. And we keep expecting people to be like, we don't know what you're saying and we don't care. Yeah. And instead, everyone speaks better English than we do. <laughs> Sings better happy birthday than we do. That's way better happy birthday uh -huh. song. And is super nice <laughs> yes. and just keeps bringing us chocolate. I mean, We're like, well, what a shit. great the chocolate industry is booming over here. I don't <laughs> Did know. You know, if you guys know that. <laughs> oh, how was your birthday today, Karen? Oh, what well, was my ideal birthday? Um, I'm 48 today. Thank you so Woo! much. Thank you. Thank you. In my early 40s, I tried to hide my age, and then once it kicked over 45, I was like, fuck it, who cares? 
who cares? Seriously, we're all going to be dead so soon. <laughs> it's oh, shocking. No. We're all on such a serious clock here. You guys don't know how the show goes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all die at the end. This is a Jonestown specialty. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, that's why the ticket was so expensive. <laughs> we kill you. Everyone reach under your seat. <laughs> There's a chocolate. <laughs> it's hot chocolate uh, with a little bit of bad Kool-Aid at the bottom of it. Mm. Um, no, but I really did spend my birthday the best way, Dad. The best <laughs> way uh, that I possibly could have today. I stayed in the hotel room and got room service twice. Yes. So that's really... I'm sorry. I meant to go to the Nobel Museum. I meant to do important things here in Stockholm, but... No? <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't go there, so stop telling me what to do. I already did it on my own accord. Um, yeah, I, I got a, a gorgeous breakfast and with about seven beverages, and then three o'clock rolled around, and I was like... I don't, I'm not going to just go eat lunch somewhere like yeah. a rando tourist. <laughs> so then I just got some stuff sent up. And the lady was like, hi again. Oh. I was like, you're not supposed to do that. I've <laughs> never seen this face before. Send someone else up. So yeah. at least like you're like, their shift has changed. That's right. So that they don't see you again. So much time has passed since the last time you ordered a ton of food from us, Miss <laughs> Kilgariff. And we know that tray is still in your room with ketchup crusting on the fucking plate. I always get like, my, you, Georgia turned me on to getting the cheese plate or the charcuterie oh. plate. Man, those things stink up a room when you don't let the maid come in. <laughs> I never let the maid in. In fact... No. While I was sitting there, the maid tried to come in, and I just kept going, no, no, no. And she still came in anyway, very pushy. She was like, I know what's better for you than She's you know. She's like, what's... I can, can smell that cheese plate from out here in the hallway. Your neighbors are complaining. I'm your neighbor. <laughs> just like, get, get, get Karen's calling cheese up. plate out of there. I can smell blue cheese from my bed. Well, what did you do today? I, for my birthday. I basically got room service twice, but I did it in the restaurant uh, restaurant in the lobby so i did what you did i just had to put you, pants on you for did, it you just it's you did it several stories below me yeah but nice. like so basically i did the same thing you did i just had to like put makeup on for it which is not fun i had really good intentions about you, normally when we go on tour we we truly stay in our rooms almost the whole time we <laughs> not just, on purpose it we goes just, fast yeah and, and we never do our homework beforehand no. so we had to just sit there and be doing it. Yeah, but now we're in fucking Sweden I and mean, fucking Oslo and shit. It is so. a monumental waste of lots of things <laughs> to not be outside. I'm like, keep looking out the window like, uh, you know, I have a sad disease or something. <laughs> just look out, look at him walking and having relationships. <laughs> So lucky. We did have fine time yesterday to go get a legit fucking massage, a Ugh. Swedish massage. Have you guys heard of this? Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, it didn't even hit me, and I was like, oh yeah, you have to get a Swedish massage. Yeah, the lady. Here's how you know you have a good uh, massage therapist. The woman looked at me and goes, "You're supposed to get the relaxation massage. I think we should do lymphatic." And I was like, "Let's do it." <laughs> she could have been like, "I." I'm going to sell you this series of uh, medicinal vinegars. And I would have been like, yes, I'll buy all of them. 
anything that Swedish uh, massage therapist d did, I was going to do. It was awesome. There's all kinds of light pinchings and my arms were up for a while. What if she just made up a massage because she was like, I don't feel like rubbing anyone today. <laughs> Let's just do this woman. She looks like she doesn't really care. I'm going to just pinch her and she's an American. She's going to think it's she's a gonna thing. She's going to fall for it. I'm going to charge her more than a Swedish, Swedish massage. Masseuse. Yeah. Yeah. She'll I, listen to anything I say. I met my, they, they come out to collect you and bring you to your massage room and the woman came out and she, and I swear to God, a hundred years ago, I would have been her servant. She was like, <laughs> it just did it wasn't fair. She shook my hand and she had the softest skin, like blonde, beautiful blonde, tiny features. Her skin was just gorgeous. And so then just all her features are right here in her face. <laughs> real small. Yeah. Big head, small features. It's not a good combination. <laughs> like a balloon that someone had drawn a face on, but then blown up. Yes. The, that that's was very terrifying. regal and royal. But I definitely would have been kept in the in the kitchen in the maid's quarters sure. for her. Like yeah. she was a princess, and then she was rubbing you, and I was like, "Let's get this in your happening. face, in your face, queen bitch." <laughs> Poor thing. She Mine... did touch my nipple at one point. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Someone call the police. It was a slight graze, probably accidental. I didn't care. I mean, maybe that's included. What if that was like one of the points where it's like relaxation, nipple graze. Slight awkward graze of your nipple. Awkward graze of your nipples that you're left to figure out what it might mean, which is kind of romantic in a way. Like, I mean, it's not like, I don't, they're not, it's not like they get in the way. So you gotta kind of work for it, you know? Like this is all padding. You've really got to reach yeah. over. It's not like, oh, they're just everywhere. It's like... They're... As opposed to these numbers. <laughs> oh, that's the thing, by the way, and I, I announced this on our first show in Dublin, but uh, there's some, I've never been like this before, but because of this dress, I've normally worn a slip with this dress because it is so plunging, but I forgot my slip. And then I was like, who gives a fuck? It's Europe. So now, <laughs> thank you. You have to, you lead with your strengths. You know what I mean? The, uh, the, you draw the eye to what's best about you. Just focus up here, everybody. Yeah. That's what I'm doing for age 48. Thank you. I have the... 48 is tits out year for it's you. It's tits out. I, some have said I have the breasts of a 39-year-old woman, so I'm just going <laughs> to show oh. them off. Speaking of... This is my favorite murder of the podcast. Oh, yes. Hi. <laughs> That's... This birthday girl is Karen Kilgariff. <laughs> and this servant girl is Georgia Hardstart. <laughs> I finally... I, speaking of clothes, finally replaced the black bra that I... But I took off under my clothes on the airplane and was like, I'll get that later. And then didn't get that later. <laughs> Never in my life have I. When that maid knocked on the door today, I jumped up to put my bra on so fast. Like, I can't, I can't ever. That's never an option. Really? No, God. These things loose. <laughs> Do you know? No. I think a long time ago it stopped being appropriate for me and I just haven't caught up to it yet. <laughs> You're just pretending? I just don't care. I just don't want to know if I'm offending anyone with them. Like, I just don't care. I can't. 
Right. Right? No, thank you. They're like, they're like, yeah, we've been doing that over here for quite some time. <laughs> kind of what we do. Also, yeah. You know. <laughs> I just we caught. both. I just realized we both we both hell no to the shoes we brought yes. to wear three shows in, and we're like, I can't fucking wear these Fuck anymore. It. These are my. I wasn't planning on wearing these on stage. <laughs> I had these like fucking heels, you know. But Jesus Christ, I'm wearing clogs. A, a, a as respect oh, to you guys, yeah. and then B because I know it will infuriate my sister when she sees pictures of it. She's fucking, she's like, why can't you just get a decent heel? I don't know. I don't have to, I guess. That's the thing. I'm out of the phase where I have to do stuff like that. I packed with so much um, enthusiasm and like the girl who packed my suitcase, the me who packed it was just like, had so many plans to do so many things. <laughs> and every city we went to, like f I brought four dresses, not even for the show, like to wear out in like the world and like vintage and like, this is a vintage tulip one. I have to wear it in second year, you know? I'm like, uh-uh, uh -uh. she hasn't been doing that. She brought a clutch, a little <laughs> purse. <laughs> In case we go out. Just to take down to the restaurant and the downstairs uh -huh. at the hotel. Uh-huh. And then you open it up. Here's my room key. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that's in here. It's not, it's not happening. But I, I did. I have managed to go to a pharmacy in like every place we've been to buy all the weird shit you can't get in the U.S. The beauty treatments the beauty that are treatments. like too chemically advanced. Yes for American women. Give it to me. They will not allow us to have them. Give me all the over-the-counter shit that you can't get. Just be careful you don't burn your eyes out because there <laughs> could be some serious European shit in there. Right. I might not be ready for that shit. I bought you a big tub. It's like diaper cream, but all the ladies are like, no, but you have to put it on your face. It's fucking amazing. Someone might be fucking it's lying a to it's me. It's a prank. It's totally a prank. A hundred percent. Some troll like 13 year old boy at home it's like you should totally try the diaper cream put diaper face. cream on your face lady <laughs> I'm doing it I did it it works every night in the mirror George is like 100 200 300 <laughs> finally beautiful um, um, I should get a manicure <laughs> oh, yeah. I should but we're halfway through at this point I know it's just gonna be It'd start chipping anyway yeah uh, I, uh, as the opposite of Georgia, of course, Georgia packed all her beautiful dresses and made plans and schemes. I think, now that I look in my suitcase, I think I brought two pairs of sweats <laughs> and like two pairs of underwear. I don't, the, all of the key ingredients for things you need to feel like a decent human being are not in my suitcase. There's, it's so weird. It's like the same black thermal shirt over and over and then like two pairs where I'm like, am I going to have to start rinsing and repeating these underwear? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, you might. I should buy some. <laughs> I hear they have them here. I know, right? Yeah. They have bras for sure. Maybe if they have them, if, oh God, if they had underwear on the room service menu, I would be set. <laughs> Why don't they do that? Never look back. Oh my God! Someone write Steven, write that down. <laughs> Steven, Steven, he's under this gorgeous. Fruit. <laughs> hey, look, the price tag is still on it. You think they're gonna return is it? it? How many kroner is it? Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine million. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus! Oh, sorry. 
I really do think this is the most beautiful rug we've ever it's gorgeous happened on stop it you didn't make it <laughs> too bad we're gonna ruin it tonight <laughs> who brought their pens I don't know um look listen <laughs> Should I tell them what my mom said? Please do. Because I think Oslo, when I told them, was a little offended. So tell me if this is offensive and I'll stop. I won't say it to London tomorrow. <laughs> it's Let's not... really get this settled tonight. Yeah, yeah. Before I tell anyone else. You guys will let me know, right? Like, it's like if I have something in my teeth, you know? Mm-hmm. You have to tell me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, before I left, like, we don't ever talk. And then before I'm going to leave for somewhere, she, like, has to talk to me because in case I die, then she's like, I'm a good mother. Um... <laughs> I said goodbye to her. I said, I love you. Uh, so she called me and she was like, are you going to France? And I'm like, no, we're not going to France. And then she's like, okay, good. You know, if you do go to France, because like she was already going to tell me this. Yeah, she can't change that story. Don't wear your Jewish star out. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> hey, I don't wear a Jewish star ever in my life. I haven't since my fucking bat mitzvah. <laughs> And B, like, I shouldn't, if that's the case, I, you shouldn't wear it in America. <laughs> like, France is That's exactly right. And, um, you know, they're, they, they, they don't like Jews over there. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Oh, wait. She means World War II. <laughs> that's what it is, isn't it? She never, she, that's all she learned is up to World War II. There's so no- it's kind of like hanging around in the back of her mind, like, like there's something I remember about it. It's a bad thing that happened in Europe. <laughs> Jews were involved. Yeah. Georgia still wears a Jewish star. <laughs> I love that you just be rocking that star. Like, hey, we're, look, we're on tour. I'm highly religious. Yeah. I'm That's super me. Jewish. Yeah. And I'm here to represent. That's right. And then I'll get my, the, uh, the, the blood of Christ crucifix <laughs> that I love to wear. On the weekends and... You do love wearing you know, that. privately. You love I like that. the one where, you, you, like, his face looks like... <laughs> My grandma had that painting where the thorns are piercing his skin and so there's blood coming down his face and it would be in her bedroom. So I, when I was little, I would have to go in there to take a nap and I'd just be like, fucking A! <laughs> Man, that's a, gotta be a big boner killer to see that. <laughs> Like for in your bedroom, like Although, your, your grandpa. My grandparents did have nine children, so I think it was oh. fine. It might have been just the opposite. Yeah, maybe they were into some weird shit. What if they? I'm so sorry, Grandma. Listen, she can see and hear us. Are you talking to Steven or your grandma? <laughs> Steven, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry about my grandparents. <laughs> Steven. Steven doesn't like to think of that. Steven at home with my cats. I know. <laughs> I, they love him more than me, and I'm kind of okay with it at this point. Yeah. Like, I, they look happy, you know? And In the 1,000 Instagram story <laughs> videos that he posts. Yes. Yeah. They, you know, they like to be photographed a hundred times an <laughs> hour. All day long. That's, all they, that's what cats are for. Yeah, you know how cats love interaction, and they love things <laughs> near their face. They love <laughs> millennials with asymmetrical hair and weird mustaches. Cats love that. Talking to them in a baby voice. <laughs> you don't do that. I don't fucking ever <laughs> talk to them in a baby voice. Yes, I fucking do. My God, I'm the most annoying. I, re- I realized that Vince might not like it that I do that all day. 
You just realized that right now? No, like recently I was like, there's this girl, some woman I follow on Instagram and she had a baby and the way she talks to her baby is like so irritating. And like, I don't mind most baby talk, the way you talk to it, but the way she does it is really good. And then I was like, oh my God, what if I, that's how I sound to Vince <laughs> when I talk to the cats. So... I'm going to talk normally. I'm just going to have conversations with my cats from yeah. now on like this. Yes. We're going to have a nice chat. It's going to be fine. Shake hands. Shake walk hands. away. <laughs> Business <That> is- <laughs> as usual. <laughs> Clipboards. Yeah. Ties. ties. Um, that is actually how I talk to my dogs, only because <laughs> I'm by myself and I think it's funny. So I'll walk through and they just follow me around the house constantly I thinking love- I'm going to drop food at some point. <laughs> Which so you, you do a lot. I do it's a lot. It's kind of your thing. I do shed food constantly <laughs> out of my huge pockets. Yeah, you, you always know where Karen is. There's just a trail of <laughs> dog treats. Triscuits and shit. Um, but I will turn around at them one point and go, oh my God, what kind of dog are you? <laughs> That's my favorite thing. I think in their lifetime, I've asked them that 50,000 times. I love it. My God, what kind of dog are you? And then George's tail's wagging like, is she going to give me food uh. now? <laughs> This is my favorite question. When she asks this, it gets fucking crazy, man. <laughs> well, I, I wonder what the, my cats think that I keep asking them if they're a baby. Are you a baby? Are you a baby? <laughs> but in a fucking annoying voice. Like, are you a human Who, baby? Who's a baby? Are you a baby? <laughs> who's my baby? Who's a baby? Is, who's a little baby? Oh, just variations on the theme of babyness. Baby, yeah. Yeah. They gotta be wondering who the fuck a baby is at this point. <laughs> they're like, I really think she wants a baby. <laughs> That's what I think is on the bottom of all of this. It's gotta be it. Oh, look at the little uh, foot on oh, the thing. Oh, it's gorgeously wrapped at the bottom so we don't have to look at some filthy Swedish bottom of a table. <laughs> I, I love it. I hear they're terrible over here. It's really jaunty. This Usually gorgeous. we have like a, um, a tablecloth, but now we just have a foot cloth. No, it's, this is, you know, this is going to be all the rage in America in oh, like yeah. four years. We're seeing it first here. Yeah. Tablecloths, how de classe. <laughs> Over on the continent, they're using table, <laughs> table shoes. Uh, socks. socks. Table Ta- socks. Table socks would have been better. Um, cool. Anything else we need to tell them about our trip so far? I think that's everything. Oh, should I, really quick, should I tell you about the cheese sandwich they gave me? Oh, yeah. Fuck. I actually tweeted a picture of it because it was so good. The, how, what? They were so cute. I think probably part of it was that we had to get up at 3, <laughs> after our two Dublin shows, we had to get up at 3.30 in the morning to uh-huh. go get a flight because we had to do a connection from Dublin, Don't Dublin it. It just sucked. I to mean. Amsterdam to Oslo. <laughs> And then when we landed at Oslo, our bags weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> so then we were just like hot and greasy and like, it's okay. And like went to the hotel. And it was kind down. of exciting because it was the idea that we might not have to get dressed up to come on stage. And we'd have an excuse not to, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Then we didn't get dressed up to go on stage. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, fuck it. But, but on the way to Amsterdam, they can't, they swung by and like, in American, almost every airline, they don't ser- serve food at all anymore. So you have to, like, in the airport, you're like, uh, I guess I'll get beef jerky and some gummy sushi. bears. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, why did I buy airport sushi? Why did I get a big yogurt that just exploded in my purse? It's always some <laughs> problem. A banana? What? 
So I'm just sitting on this flight all like, what time is it? What day is it? And the lady comes by and just hands me this little box that looks like it's a china pattern. Mm -hmm. And then when you open it up, it's just a cheese sandwich. And I was like, cheese sandwich, what do they do? (laughs) I like turned and cried out the window. It was the most delicious cheese sandwich. And then I look over, George's, <laughs> George's in the same aisle, but on the other side. We don't and like I to look, sit next to each she's other. She's taking pictures of her cheese sandwich. <laughs> All these different, I think you were holding it up like this and then doing selfie, but oh, like. Oh, I was. With your eyes on like that? Yeah, I was. And it, then I realized that I had not had enough water. Because this was just all crinkles. <laughs> so I didn't post it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I made a Botox appointment for when I get home. Anyway. <laughs> More Botox? Yeah. All right. I'm just, as a 48-year-old, let me just say the wrinkles keep coming. <laughs> you can Botox all you want. I think that's the saddest thing about um, like in the 90s uh, there's a lot of American actresses got sh- a shit ton of filler because someone told them like it's okay if you smoke we'll just fill in oh. the lines around your lips with filler which they did and it looked great for like nine months but then there were lines in between the filler lines is that what happened? and then there's some stories of the filler floating around <gasps> their face so the filler leaves the lip area and just goes wherever the fuck it wants <laughs> wait am I making a huge mistake by injecting shit into my face. Well, have you done filler? Yes. Have you really? Yes. You look great. Oh, thank you. It's so natural. Well, it's gone now. Oh. <laughs> it's just dissolved. It's floated behind your ears. <laughs> yeah. The back of my head has never been perkier. <laughs> That's how you get small features in a big head. It's all filler. It's just filler. That's right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit MadeInCookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N Cookware.com. Goodbye. Should we? Yeah, on Sit. that and on that note. On that. Yeah. Hey. So weird. Gorgeous. It is. Out yes. of all the weird things about this podcast, which there are many, the fact that we get <laughs> applauded when we sit down might be the weirdest fucking one. <laughs> this part. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, and, oh, this is a true crime comedy podcast. That's just right. Just to let you know. Well, you, you know and like it, but th- did you hear not everyone applauded? Because <laughs> some people just wandered in off the street. Some people got brought here by a really pushy spouse or partner or best friend who is like, I don't care. Right? Okay. This is for, this part's for you guys. You were like, the person that you're here with was like, I don't care what you like or don't like. We're coming to this show because it's my passion. Remember that time that, you know, I, I picked you up at the airport and then bought you gas or something like that. And then, so now it's the big get back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Sometimes it's a little bit sensitive because we're going to be talking about horrible crimes that happen to real people and it's terrible. But then also because it's a personal conversation between two friends (laughs) that's now public, uh, incredibly public and recorded. And because we're, we have anxiety and the best way to deal with that is not to be normal and kind. It's through humor. It's through to laugh about things. So, so, right. I, it's just the way it turned out. But, but we're not, la- you know what I mean? We're not, and then the... Well, look, and the bottom line listen. is, if, if that situation makes you comfortable, get the fuck out right now. <laughs> That's right. No, it can get any better. Everyone's like, oh, no, they want me to leave. <laughs> don't, don't go, please. We, no. we have anxiety. I already told you. Don't hurt her feelings. <laughs> it's my birthday. It's not my birthday. <laughs> but suddenly I think it's my birthday. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> it's my birthday too. Okay. Well, I'm going to go first because mine is particularly sensitive. Mm. Thank right. you. You got this. Just do it. All right. You ready? We don't usually get Evian water. I know. Just say that. We really don't. We usually get water that, uh, from a company you've never uh-uh. heard of. It's like the local water from it the just, taps. Yeah, it has Mount. It's like Mount Tap water. <laughs> yeah. Drink up, suckers. <laughs> I love that we both. You can tell we're both fancy because we both like labeled it out <laughs> to be like, look at us, you guys. Oh my god. <laughs> Although whenever they post on Instagram, everyone on Instagram's like, oh, they must have made it. <laughs> 
They made it. They have Evian. Evian. That's like their shitty tap water here. I know. Like, Nobody <laughs> fucking drinks Evian, but... <laughs> They're like, it pr- tastes like nickels to us. <laughs> that's prison water. Everyone knows that. <laughs> prison water. Prison water. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh-uh. Here is... The fucked up story of Nikita Bergenstrom. Oh, we have to find a translator. Oh, that's right. First, I thought you were still saying the last name. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a long name. So, we are in countries where now, normally in America, we can't pronounce things. No. And that's where we're from. (laughs) Now we're in places, you should have fucking seen us in Oslo. You should have seen what was happening. There were things where, like, we'd be like... Is it Rolfstalder? And they'd be like, it's okay. Like, what the fuck? And they were so nice. They like they didn't so even nice. correct us half the time. So we're like, we got it right. And they're like, no, you didn't. But we don't want to be rude. <laughs> Actually, the first girls that we met in the in the meet and greet afterwards, <laughs> this girl walks up and goes, just so you know, we we don't care how you pronounce it. I was like, God, I wish you, we'd met you beforehand. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, um, we're going to ask one of you to help us. So, this guy's really into it. Do you, okay. speak, you speak Swedish? Okay. Stay there. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. You're you out. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what happens is when we say something wrong, everyone's... Karen loves him. Oh, no. <laughs> Karen's new best friend. What's your name? Miyaku. Oh, my God. Miyaku? Is that a common name? It's actually Irish. Irish. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. She loves him. That's how you know. Okay, we're going to go to you for help, okay? Okay. So you can't say, like, I don't know, or this is weird, or anything like that. You have to give us answers. Just raise your hand, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah, especially if we say something and everyone in the crowd is like, oh, that's not true. We really (laughs) need you to be like, it's okay, it's not true. (laughs) Just, we need you. You're like our hype man. Um... (laughs) He's so sad he doesn't get to come on stage. (laughs) just like I don't want to do it anymore (laughs) all right so uh, a lot of this was translated in a translator on Google (laughs) and it doesn't because there's not a ton of (laughs) English articles about this why did I pick it that's a great question there's a lot of questions can I just say one really quick? Yeah. I retweeted this on the uh, My Favorite Murder Twitter this morning. Somebody wrote in Swedish to us this morning and when, uh, a message about the show tonight. And when Google Translate, mm-hmm. when the translation came up, it said, I'm so pepper to come to your show tonight. <laughs> Is that a thing? That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Then, so like saying I'm so pepper, but in Swedish is like a thing you guys say? Pepper. Peppered or pepper? Pepper. That's, I'm doing that from now on. It seems like a mistake. Like, Google, you don't know how to translate, but it's actually the cutest. That's it. That's slang. Okay. Right off the bat, here's an impossible to pronounce name. So Nikita Bergenstrom, he was known originally as Juha Vieko Valjakala. Really? Are you guys really? just being supportive? I appreciate it. He's born on June 13th. You didn't say that last name. I know, because they were applauding over it, so I just really quickly <laughs> got it out. Um, it. In Pori, Finland. I love you guys. We might not need you. We might already be great at this. <laughs> uh, do I speak Swedish? Oh, my God. Oh my God. He 
was the only child. His mother was said to be a, a nervous woman, and uh, his father is described as absent and conflicted. How do they know if he's absent? <laughs> Early on, it was apparent that their son had some mental issues. He, when he was, uh, he was hyperactive, and he suffered from infantile rage eruptions. <laughs> I have those. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine a baby just like super pissed off? <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> I don't want to fucking do that. Which is like, oh shit. Oh shit. We made a mistake. Uh, when he was six years old, his mother took him to a counselor, and that began his long cycle of school homes and youth prisons. Oh. Uh, he was shorter than his peers at school, so he was beaten and bullied. And in turn, he beat up and bullied the kids who were younger and less whatever, strong than he was, he, uh, when he would fight them and beat them up, he would order them to kneel and force them to pray for mercy. Ew. So he was like immediately a bad dude as a kid, <laughs> like problem child, immediately. You're not interpreting that as he's very religious. <laughs> I mean, Google Translate, it's on you. <laughs> At the age, by the age of 15, he had already been arrested by, or arrested by the police 65 times. Mm -mm. That's too many. By That's the age of 18, you said? 15. 15. 15. I wish I could do fast math and be like, That's... you mean twice a month? Or whatever. But... <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Even if he never, it never happened again, that's too many in a lifetime. That's, a... that's when you know it's time to... It's 63 more than I've been arrested. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Stop it. I love it. This is where you find out that I'm a hardened criminal. <laughs> That's why they always pull you aside in customs and, and grill you. I decided to wait till Stockholm to tell you. <laughs> um, by the, by uh, then in August 16th, 1982, he's sentenced for the first time in Sweden. And he's arrested for theft, uh, snattering. What? <laughs> what? What is what? snattering? Hold on, hold on. Snattering? It's shoplifting. Oh! <laughs> Snattering is a way better word. Way cooler. I'm so peppered because the guy got arrested for snattering. I know! <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Also for damage and unlawful driving. <laughs> damage. Is that when you're like dry, like. Yeah. With your palm. <laughs> What's your damage? <laughs> then he met Marita Ruta, Rutalami. Rut, uh, Rutalami. <laughs> then he met Marita. Mar Marita Rutalami sounds like an Italian name. Marita yeah. Rutalami, huh? Yeah. She was the total opposite of him. She was laid back and chill and kind of a meek girl. They met while Marita was sitting on a park bench. Then he drives by in a stolen car, fucking pulls up to him, her, which every girl who's like, I'm born in my hometown is now just like, I'm in love with this dude. Yes. Um, and they, he, he says, hey, I, this, is what it, this is what I took from it. And it's probably not how it went. But he goes, hey, I'm a rock musician. <laughs> and they fall in love based on this story I translated. Great. What if it made, the real story is he's a geologist? 
Either way. So she basically becomes his little subject. He's like this fucking rocker dude, and she's just, he uh, got what he always dreamed of, which uh, someone had hypnotic power over her, they said. And she had a twin sister. That relationship goes downhill. It's like the two, the cup, Marita and uh, Juha have a terrible relationship. Sister is like, fuck this dude. She, um, yeah, didn't like him, which is like, <laughs> what sister likes her sisters? That's what sisters are for. Yeah. My sister's always like, becomes too chummy with the dudes I'm with. And I'm oh. like, get away from him. <laughs> Leave them alone. After you break up, they still hang out. Yes, it's true. Really? Yes. Oh, that's not good. Not hang out, but are like Facebook friends. My sister is never interested in anything I'm doing ever. Uh, <laughs> and the one time she, like, the best thing she ever did for me was when I was in my 20s. And I became obsessed with this guy. Like, I was obsessed. I was also on speed. So <laughs> that was yeah, affecting yeah. the love that I was feeling. Yeah, um, yeah we'll do that. And I couldn't stop. I would talk about this guy all the time. And it was blah, 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 whatever. Your eyes were just huge. Yes. The whole just, time. Like, so much talking and smoking. <laughs> oh, God, I but she so was so skinny. <laughs> I was the skinniest I've ever met. <laughs> so. And then it gave me epilepsy. What? <laughs> There's a lesson. There's a lesson. I know I shouldn't crack up at that. <laughs> it's true, though. I know. But as I was obsessing over this guy and talking to my sister about it, I was like, and I, he showed up at a party and he was asking people where I was. And my sister and I are on the phone and on the other end. She just goes, he sounds like a dork. <laughs> and then I couldn't like him anymore yeah. after that. I was just like, yeah, that is actually kind of dorky. It's, it's pretty lame. I love it. Crush killer. Your sister, Laura, is a real talker. She doesn't give up. Yep. Yep. Um, Okay, so they fall in love. At some point, Nikita is the name he eventually changes his name to, uh, which is way easier to pronounce. <laughs> At 22 years old, he's released from prison for being there for certain reasons. I don't know. Snattering. Snattering, probably. And damage. And damage. Um, he's <laughs> released from prison in Turku. Turku? Fucking, you're like five for five right now. <laughs> this is the only place I've ever been where you actually spell it like it's pronounced. <laughs> or you're really nice. Yeah, I, I think don't. They, are I you think, just being nice? Yeah. Are they just being nice? Oh, it's Finnish. Okay. Oh, the Finnish are re- here representing. Great. <laughs> the Finnish are here to say it's our language that's easy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Got it. And also, we have good chocolate, too. Probably. <laughs> I would imagine. Okay. So, May 1st, 1988. He's released, and he and Marita start wandering through Sweden and Finland. Marita's 21 at this point. And, on, and they're just kind of, like, assholes. They, like, steal cars. They're just, like, living this life of... Uh, they, they think they're fucking Bonnie and Clyde or Sid and Nancy, which is, like, oh, God, that's so tired and, like... Fucking figure your shit out. You know what I mean? So it's so 20s. Yeah, it's so 1920s. Uh, but it's the <laughs> 80s. Is that what you mean? No. Because <laughs> wasn't that when Bonnie? Oh, no, no, that was the, yeah, it was the 1920s. Well, Bonnie and Clyde, yes. That's what I, I meant. Like when you're in your 20s, you think that's cool. <laughs> you know, the human age, 20. <laughs> well, both work technically, but you're right. <laughs> No, they do. That way definitely works too. <laughs> no, you don't have to be nice. To I'm me. trying to be nice. I appreciate it. Wait, sorry. 
Can I just do a quick sidebar? I'm always and forever. You guys, ABBA reunited. What? I thought... You guys don't care that much? You saw it coming. You saw it coming. Okay. Just remember. They're like, we know. We're We're, from here. It was our idea. (laughs) They said at dinner that they were going to do that. (laughs) Okay. Then they are there. Bonnie and Clyde. Stupid. 1920s. (laughs) Solid. So they... uh, they were with the, they had a car that they had stolen and they are in uh, this isn't going to be right because there's a weird uh umlaut there's a there's a thing over this letter that isn't an umlaut um um seal oa okay oh oa <laughs> got it so they, they're there, they're at a church in You Oa. really should be up here. <laughs> Actually, do you want to just do this? <laughs> they had been drinking liquor and eating chips, and they're kind of just fucking around in this car in this small town, being assholes. Then Nikita wants to steal a bicycle that he had seen before. So he, they're walking by this, like... It's greedy. I know. Well, okay, it gets, it, let's, it gets fucked up. Okay, okay. Here we go. Okay. All right. That was all fun. Now, so he, they're walking by this house. It's a beautiful neighborhood, I guess, with like high-end houses and stuff. They see this bike. He wants to steal it. He grabs it and starts, puts it on his shoulder and just walks away with it. And the um, family, I spit, the family... Um, I'm just wondering why he didn't ride away. It's faster. <laughs> it's lighter. Smoother. Isn't it less conspicuous instead of lifting a bike above your head? <laughs> anyway. So the, the owners of the ha- bike and the house are Sten Nielsen and his 15-year-old son, Frederick. And they get in their car and follow them. Mm. I know. The chase ends at the cemetery where Sten and Frederick uh, are both like, give us back our fucking bike. And Nikita pulls out a shotgun. Yeah, and he makes them get on their knees, and he executes both of them. Well, This 15-year-old kid and his father. It's horrifying. Um, and then it gets even worse when their mother heard the, heard the gun blast. Her name's Ewa, E-W-A. Eva? Oh, cool. Okay, Eva. Oh, oh okay. Eva. She comes to the cemetery to see what's going on, and he stabs her to death. Whoa. It's, he, this dude is an absolute piece of shit. So, um, their friend found them later and uh, the bodies later. And at this point, Nikita and um, they, Marita had, had fled. And um, they had fled for seven days through Sweden. And the newspapers, of course, call them the 80s Bonnie and Clyde, mm. which is like so tired. Um, <laughs> As I keep saying. <laughs> 60, year, 60 years old. <laughs> right. But the police managed to trace them because their car tires, they had kept the car that they had stolen originally, and they tracked them down um, in Pajala. Paya. <laughs> See, this is why we pick... Palaya. <laughs> They're arguing with you. Better you than us. Hold a sec. Are you from Irvine, too? (laughs) Paella. Paella. Okay. 
Thank you. Isn't that a rice dish? That's why I knew I was saying it wrong. It sounded way too much like that. Yeah. Um, So then one of the most extensive manhunts in Swedish history ensues. They find them there, and uh, they're arrested. Wait, okay. And then they're arrested in Odense, Denmark. (laughs) Odense. Thank you. Denmark. Okay, this... (laughs) Thank you. Sorry. The same morning that they're caught is the, uh, that the memorial service for the Nilsson family is held, and after the services, the, the mourners get to find out that they finally got caught. So at the trial, Marita and Nikita blame each other for the crimes. Of course. Psyche, so it they wasn't just, true love. No, it Damn wasn't. It. it wasn't Bonnie and Clyde. No. They didn't go out like that. It also, it was more Sid and Nancy, yeah. basically. <laughs> she don't want um, a psychiatric evaluation for both found them to be mentally competent, but they find that um, Nikita suffered from a, a psychopathic personality. He had antisocial and narcissistic personality disorder with uncontrolled aggression and lack of empathy. Remember when he was a baby and he was fucking raging? <laughs> Turns out you don't grow out of that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, that sticks around. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to... Yeah. I mean, maybe. You can probably try. Not for you guys. We all got this. Maybe if you did yoga or something. <laughs> Baby yoga is a thing. That lymphatic massage yes. might help. Yes. But of course, in the end, the court believes Marita's version of events, which is that Nikita was responsible for the murders completely. She was yelling at him to stop, which we're like, mm, do we believe you? Um, so this was his 12th criminal conviction, and it resulted in a life sentence and deportation on three counts of murder. And then Marita got two years for complicity in assault and, in assault and battery but they released her after serving half her time. And then Nikita's transferred to Finland to serve the rest of his sentence. He escapes from prison four times. Oh, shit. Um, In 1991, he tried to escape, was arrested immediately. Then his first real escape was in April 94 um, from Rihimaki prison in Finland. Rihimaki? They're like, They're going to give it to us. Yeah, yeah. He took, uh, he took the prison's English t- teacher as hostage. What? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're coming with me. I need better books than Bonnie and Clyde yeah. to read about. <laughs> I want some of that Da Vinci Code right. shit. And, they, and he flees with a car. The teacher escapes with no harm done to him, thankfully, and Nikita's apprehended. He's not very good at escaping. <laughs> the thing. He's good at escaping. He's just not a good... At the follow-through right. of staying escaped. Exactly. Look, any idiot can escape. You gotta stay escaped. Right. To have it matter. And from what it sounds like, the prisons are like not like they are in the U.S., Mm-mm. which are like horrible yeah so you can just kind of like they're like please don't leave and they're like and then nikita's like dude i swear to god i'm not gonna leave yeah i am not it's not happening i respect you and i respect this whole system yeah this english teacher guy i dig him love him love books yeah i love to learn yeah i love to stay where you want me to stay Um, in 1997, uh, he tries to escape again. On May 13th, 2002, he escapes from a prison in... No, no. Oh. You know that town, No-No? It's right outside of... Here we go. Pajaselka. Eh? Nope. They don't even know it. 
It's finished. It's finished. He's blaming you he guys. Says, it's finished with his arms crossed. Mm. You should be able to do this. It's finished. Then he, he, okay, so meanwhile, all these women are writing him fucking love letters in prison. He gets married in, when he's in prison. He escapes with his wife, and then he goes back to prison and, because it doesn't work again. Like she, like she springs him out of jail somehow? I don't, it didn't. There's okay. no articles in English. I just <laughs> want to make this clear. I'm doing my best. Um, and then he comes back and tries to commit suicide by hanging. That doesn't fucking work either. April 19, 2004, with his, uh, a 24-year-old person, in, a prisoner, he escapes again. It says fellow, which is what it translated to, which I think is adorable. <laughs> a fellow. Just a guy with a bowler hat. Yeah. And like a, one of these mustaches. <laughs> Steven! I'd love to escape with you. <laughs> I'm right this way. He said, I'll be the Bonnie Deer Clyde. <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, the guards, but the guards are like, hey dude, after like, after a few hundred meters, the guards are like, no, and like turn him around <laughs> and like point him in the direction of the jail and he goes back. You know? And they're like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Um, then he escapes again in 2006 for the fourth time, this time from the labor prison in Hamina. Hamina. Hamina, okay. Hamina, Hamina. <laughs> They're like, ha, ha fuck you. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, get one right. Yeah. On November, then in 2006, okay, so he escapes this time for like a week, but they swarm the apartment that was suspected to be his hideout, and I think he hides in like a bathroom, and then uh, they raid the place, and he goes back to prison. So they'll always check the bathroom. Yeah. That's not the one place they won't look. Yeah. That's the closet up in like the rafters. <laughs> you got to get under that house if you want to not get caught. That's right. Someone wrote that he must have had good reason to keep escaping because being in prison in Finland is almost like not being in prison at all. <laughs> he got to. Ha- I'm sorry, I can't um, credit any. I didn't write down who wrote this, but he he got to have private visits with the wife during weekends or special occasions, like the weekend. <laughs> He's, they're allowed to, prisoners are granted permission of leave after they've served half their sentence, if there's an, especially if there's an important reason, aka they can go on fucking vacay. Oh. And it's paid for by the government. <laughs> Is this true? I mean. You guys are amazing. I'm not leaving here. Also, <laughs> when you were in prison, wouldn't you get so good of thinking up special occasions where oh, yeah. you're just like... My dad loves turkey. So anyhow, we're going to have a feast. <laughs> yep. I've got to take off Sunday to the following Thursday. Yeah. And if I could get a ride from one of you guards, that would be awesome. <laughs> I could try. I can escape, but I'm just sick of walking. I'm so tired of climbing. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's okay. They're allowed to leave all the time. Yeah. But... But here's one of the rules. The cheapest way of travel must be used. Good. You cannot have first class. Did you kill a family? Well, then (laughs) no limousine service for you. The thing about it that I love is that this is 
what actually happens in the in the U.S. Even though we're like, don't let that happen, but you guys are like, no, no, that's going to happen. Like, we let people off way too early, but we don't. But it's but bad. while they're there, it's very bad. That's true. Yeah. So then when they get out, they're just happy and great. <laughs> yeah. Right. Everything's fine. And they're like, I'm different now. Okay. <laughs> and they can't leave the Nordic countries. Okay. <laughs> They're like, but I have to go to Ibiza. It's a special occasion. <laughs> it's, it's special to me. Mm-hmm. Then, on October in 2006, the Finnish Supreme Court, uh, they, the option of pardoning Nikita comes up in the summer of 2008. Clearly, I did, this is confusing. Um, <laughs> and Sweden's like, fuck that shit. They get like really pissed off about it. Swedish is... Uh, Justice Minister Beatrice it's not Ask but I is it? That's an awesome name. Don't doubt yourself ever again Okay. Never ever again It's me Beatrice Ask What does she do? She's the The Justice Justice Minister Minister. That's right Do not step to Beatrice Ask She was like that's interesting because he had escaped so many times and committed further crimes and tried to escape Again, it says. Um, and th- but everyone was like expecting it to happen. Uh, he'll have spent 20 years behind bars. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So in 2008, he changes his name to Nikita and he's released on conditional terms in 2008. You guys, I just don't know. <laughs> Did anything happen in 2008? <laughs> but he, yes, he's arrested again for breaking his terms. No. He admitted to endangering the traffic. Stealing a vehicle and driving a vehicle without a license and driving an unlicensed taxi. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's some serious snattering right there. You fucking... He carjacked a cab driver? I guess so. Jesus. So, uh... He doesn't the... give a fuck. No, there are zero fucks to give. <laughs> and like, yeah... So his conditional release is made permanent in 2008. Oh, um, what a year. After the Helsinki court granted him a pardon after 19 years of serving a sentence. And um, this dude, Dan Axel Carlson, was one of those who witnessed the bodies being found at the cemetery. And he said, it's not good that he was pardoned, but what can one do? (laughs) I'm like, amen. Shit. Yeah. Um, then he he's said, kind of right. <laughs> then he said that people don't talk about it in the town. People want to forget it, which is like, oh. Yeah. Then, um, so then, he, okay. I think he's in, he was in prison as of 2012 and writing his autobiography. <laughs> and then... Um, he was in prison again for, among other things, sabotage and ill treatment. What? Of who? I don't know. No, I hope not of that gentleman. Uh, the fellow? <laughs> the good fellow. The fellow. According the to the fellow. Helsinki District Court, he had burned and beaten two people about a year earlier. What the fuck? Wait, what? And then there's just no more updates about him. Oh, no. So he might be here? Oh, my God. 
So keep your eyes peeled, you guys. This is the fucking monster who, uh, yeah, who murdered Sten Nielsen, Frederick Nielsen, and Eva Nielsen. That's that. All right. All right. That was great. Woo! Sweating. Yeah. These, oh, these... It's it's hard and it's hard enough to do these stories, then to do them in front of people who uh-huh. are so much smarter than you. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. frustrating. And some people who you like, and also a smattering of people that you know aren't into it, and then <laughs> you're saying things wrong, and you forget your deodorant, so you had to buy some at the pharmacy, and it's like not working the way your hardcore deodorant. A lot of it that you you get in the U.S. works. Because the deodorant there is hardcore because they don't give a shit that it's killing you. Right. Here, they're like, we don't want to kill you, so you should just smell. It's fine. Yeah, no. I mean... We have aluminum in ours. (laughs) No, that was great. That was really good. Thank you. All right. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye i am going to do sweden's i guess you would say most infamous serial killer (gasps) thomas quick Do you know this one? You don't? Not off the top of my head. This is... This is the best. Like, every time we do a show, this is what you go, like, I'm going to do this thing, and it's just like... (laughs) Because, yeah, that's great. Okay, um, tell me everything. So, this story is so fucking nutso. (laughs) Like... It's so dark and awful and the details are horrible. And then there's like a left turn and then there's like a right turn. And then you're like, what is happening? Did, is this whole thing? Like I watched, there's a documentary on it that's really great. But as I was watching it, I'm like, is this whole thing fake? Like <laughs> it just goes into the realm of like so beyond surreal. All right. So we'll just start it out. Okay. Um, the documentary is called The Confessions of Thomas Quick. And there's also, uh, there's a bunch of books I'm sure you all know. Um, one I was reading from was The Making of a Serial Killer by Hannes Rostam. Wow. Um, all right. So, we're going to be talking about a man named Stuart Bergwall at first. Okay, so stay with me. I'm there, I'm here. 
Stura. <laughs> she, she pronounced that I do my best and then she fucking corrects me. <laughs> you, we have never heard these vowels before. <laughs> Our language is easy to do. It's flat and right out your nose and just talk like this. And everything you do, there's 17 extra things. Circles above letters, dots, circles. Last night in Oslo, every person that came to the VIP, I'd go, what's your name? And they'd go, and then I'd go, and they'd go, Kristen. Yeah. Like they just, everyone just has a name for stupid Americans, just to call yes. them. The stupid American translation it's, is it's what? Kimberly, just call me Kimberly. Just, I don't even care if you know my name. Just let's get it over with. Okay. Student book, what? <laughs> that now we're on the verge of me being sarcastic at yeah. you and that's rude and I'm sure there's some people that are like fuck you lady how about you learn one other language besides your own <laughs> fair which is fair we uh, agree I, I'm gonna get Rosetta Stone I swear okay <clears throat> he was born April 26, 1950 in Fallon are you from Fallon? <laughs> Do you know that a lot of this takes place in Fallon? <laughs> Are you so excited about Fallon right now? Me her too, friend me too. is holding her back. I know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna go to the Fallon expert. Okay. You've been great. You've been amazing. You, you got my back. Appreciate it. For the great Irishman, Michael O'Flannery, who helped us out for that whole last story. Thank you so much. What's your name? Mariah. Oh, I can say that. <laughs> okay, Mariah. I'm going to go right to you. And I'm going to make Mariah carry jokes. We're going to have the best time. Okay. All right. So, uh, Stura is born. He has, uh, there's seven kids in his family. He has a twin sister. Um, the father is depressive and absentee. How do they know he's depressive? Right. And he's an absentee. <clears throat> um... His mother uh, basically has to do everything by herself. So the kids, of course, when you ha you're in a family with that many kids, you know, get the individual attention that mm -mm. all these asshole children these days seem to <laughs> all get. Yeah. But oh. turn out fine. Oh. oh, someone's home when you get home from school. Oh, <laughs> oh you get a cheese sandwich made oh. for you? People like you? This is a Pentecostal Christian family. He is uh, the black sheep of the family. He can never do anything right. Um, and he has some problems in school. When he's 14, he realizes he's gay, which back in, in this time, which is like, you know, 1964, um, was actually a, a psychological diagnosis. Whoa. Like it was, it was not allowed. It was a serious problem. So, you know, he had that discomfort with him all the time. Um, then he starts getting in trouble for touching classmates in school. He basically just gets labeled the problem child. Mm -hmm. um, he, come on. Mariah. Mariah. <laughs> Mariah, don't. Um, he also writes some fucked up poetry. If you watch oh, the documentary, no. there's a poem that they read and they put like the text over like a snowy pathway. <laughs> and it's like, I pluck out your feathers. <laughs> I bite off your tongue. And it's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, so um, 
as we all do in our teens, he soon begins experimenting with drugs to escape his feelings. Oh, sure. (laughs) Escape those feelings. Quick reminder, the feelings are still there when you sober up. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing about drugs. That's the thing about feelings. (laughs) Drugs and feelings. Do not cancel each other out. (laughs) And... He was specifically super into amphetamines. Oh, fun. Me too. Me too. Uh, so he is super skinny. Um, okay. He's 19. He gets um, a job at a rest home. And there he meets the manager of the rest home, who's 20 years his senior, a man named Tom. And they fall in love. It's his first real relationship. And he like really falls in love for the first time. He finally feels like he's okay with himself. And he's connected to another person. And kind of like everything's going good. Um, Tom was also struggling with his sexuality. Because, again, it wasn't an okay thing in any way back then. Um, so... Several months into the relationship, he gets to work and finds out that Tom has killed himself. Yeah. Oh, no. It's horrible. So after uh, kind of getting his life together and having things be on track, uh, he just goes right back to the drugs. Goodbye. And the excessive drinking, right? Oy vey. Um, so um, he ends up getting a job at, how did I say it? Fallon Hospital? Fallon. Fallon. Like... Like someone fell down earlier, they were fa- they've they, fallen. And they keep falling. And they keep falling. They keep falling and falling and falling. <laughs> I'm falling in and out. <laughs> That'll be my reminder. Okay. Um, okay. Soon after he gets a job in a hospital, which I always hate these stories of people that are fucked up and then get jobs in hospitals, because you are never more like you're all sick in the hospital with an IV and then there's some creeper coming into your room like, yeah. oh, I'm trying to work some shit out. And you probably like, you probably don't, like if you work in an office and you're crazy, everyone's like, that's a crazy guy in the office. But yeah. you're in a hospital where all this shit's going on all the time and there's like, you're not going to be like, that guy's specific, like particularly crazy. No. Because everyone's fucking not, like not sleeping and losing their minds. Yeah, shit, exactly. Right? So Everything's always in emergency mode so you can just kind of be like, it would be if you were super calm that people would be like, yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the problem is that he uh, starts molesting children in the hospital. Oh, no. So uh, he gets actually caught. He does it um, four times, and the last time, um, it's a nine-year-old boy who's sleeping. He starts to sexually assault him. The boy wakes up and starts screaming, mm. so then he tries to cover his mouth, tries to make him be quiet, and starts to strangle him. The boy, um, his nose starts bleeding, and... Uh, mm. Uh, so then uh, Stuart runs away and thinks he killed him because of the blood. Um, <clears throat> he, uh, he, the kid survives, um, and Stura is convicted for this attack and the three other attacks, and he is sent to a mental hospital. Um, so much like in your story, as his treatment progresses, he's, you know, starts to tell his therapist, I have thoughts of, I have sadistic thoughts, I have thoughts of pedophilia, and he's very honest about, like, what's going on with him. So then he starts being seen on an outpatient basis. Because oh. he is so honest with everybody that they were like, this is great. Thank you for your <laughs> true feelings. That's not, all we want. That's all we asked just, wanted from we you. We just hate lying so much. <laughs> so why don't you take a hike? <laughs> All right, so then in 1974, um, he moves to U- Uppsala. 
Wow. Wow. Good job. Shit. Love it. I'm going to come on vacation here and pronounce things all the time. <laughs> um, he's 23. He's thinking he wants to become a doctor. He's interested in psychiatric analysis. I bet he fucking is. They always are. They always are. Um, but really, his life starts to seriously revolve around drugs. He drinks excessively, takes a lot of Valium. And, you wouldn't point at me like sorry, that. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> you know, Georgia. Valium, <laughs> yeah. constantly on it. You've never talked to me about Valium in any way. I don't think I've ever taken it. Um, <laughs> but I've done think. meth. I just. You never did a line of meth and then immediately took a Valium? <laughs> they it, call that the Uppsala su- surprise. <laughs> Sorry. The, here's the other thing that he likes to do. This is so insane. He sniffs uh, trichloroethylene, which is an industrial solvent. Oh. So. Oh man. He pours some, basically, uh, you know, some stuff that get gets up like industrial strength glue. But if you want to get rid of that glue, just pour some of this stuff on there. Rub it around. <gasps> take a big huff of it. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Now you're. Oh, I've never done Valium, but I've done that. No, that's not true. <laughs> They were all like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he starts to go to, um, there's a gay bar called Agda that he goes to, and he meets another student named Leonard Hugland. H-G-L-U-N-D. Hugland. Oh, I've got this. You two are going to have to fight later, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the show ends. A fight to the death. Yeah. Um, Okay. So he meets this guy. They go back to Leonard's apartment. And while that guy's in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. Suda sniffs some of his special solvent that he loves so much. Uh So when the guy comes out of his bathroom, uh, Suda thinks that he's a monster. And he picks up a butter knife and starts stabbing him. A butter knife. A butter fucking knife. Oh, no. So he leaves him there. He uh, stabbed him 12 times. Jesus. Leaves him there bleeding out. Um, He's never arrested for this crime. Um, He actually, when he's caught for it, the authorities are like, well, he was already in a mental hospital, so we're just going to send him back to the mental hospital. So they just send him back. Okay. Um, so he basically and essentially faces no consequences for this stabbing attack. Um, so then he's basically out again in a matter of months. What? Um, so then after this, you know, some of the, some of the articles that said it was like, he had such a terrible time. He never did that drug again, which is like, <laughs> oh, that's good. And so he, that, instance made him get his life together so he spent all of the 80s sober mm-hmm. which is a huge accomplishment actually <laughs> um, my mom couldn't even do that I mean <laughs> very few people could uh, but then he at the end of the decade he starts he gets back on drugs um, in 1990 and this is nuts like he clearly went for it he's 40 <laughs> Uh, he and an 18-year-old accomplice decide they want to rob a bank, but they're not, they don't want to go to the bank and rob it. So what they did is they put on Santa Claus masks and they went to the bank manager's house and basically did a home invasion. Oh. They knock on the door, the bank manager answers it, they rush in, um, they have knives and a gun, and while the 18-year-old takes the bank manager back to the bank to steal money, um, 
Stura stays with the mother and the boy who's oh. who's in the house and for like two hours like threatens them and is crazy and on drugs and super scary. Um saying horrible things like he is going to die of AIDS so he doesn't care what happens, like just horrible psychological trauma. Um, they're caught later that day because um, they're drug-addled idiots. And um, so he ends up getting sent to, uh, I believe it's pronounced Sater Mental Hospital? Sater? I'm like a monkey that you train. It's just like... I can talk. I can talk. <laughs> She'll do anything for applause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is like once the family who uh, up until this point had been like, you had a hard time, you have mental illness, whatever. They'd tried to be supportive, supportive of him as he had gone through these things. But this was the final straw where they were like, everyone stopped talking to him. You're on your own. So um, after two years, uh, he's in this, he's, at this place, and this is basically a prison, it's like a mental hospital prison kind of thing. Good. Um, right? But he's lonely, he feels disconnected, he also thinks that he's uninteresting in his therapy sessions. He feels what? bad about not having good stories to I tell. I feel that sometimes, too. I mean, you, want to, you just want to zhuzh it up for your therapist? So one day he's out, his therapist take him, took him to, there's a lake near uh, the mental hospital. They were there to go swimming and he turns to his therapist and said, would you, what would you say if I told you that I'd done something really bad? And she's like, what you talking about? And then he's like... <laughs> Why is she swimming? Mm. Okay. Well, this, they, they, it goes into this whole thing, but this, um, say it again, Sater? Sater. Well, I mean like, Sater. Okay, that was it. Um, can you help me remember Sater? Sater, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm already trying to remember four other fucking names. <laughs> um, basically, they were trying to do an innovative thing where they thought if they took these, these, these criminals and they put them through enough therapy and got them to remember their own bad, terrible childhood memories, they believed that all of this criminal behavior was based on bad childhoods and traumatic experiences as children. So they thought if they could be in therapy long enough and, and like basically bring up these repressed memories of usually sexual assault or abuse, whatever bad thing happened to them as kids, mm -hmm. that they would basically see the error of their ways. They would see why they were doing these criminal acts and they wouldn't do them anymore. That was the theory. Mm -hmm. And so everything it seems like was, it was all about being very humanizing and stuff. So they're, you know, they're just at the lake, like people like to be. And uh, he basically tells her, what if, what if I tell you that I murdered someone? And of course, she, you know. She gets he, out of the lake. <laughs> no. Oh. She's like, now I hate swimming. Yeah. No, uh, he has her full attention. Uh -huh. And she's like, well, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. And um, he basically kind of is mysterious and walks away. So now he's, he's like, gets this idea that this is a, this is a good way to get people's full attention. So. For sure. He, um, he tells the therapist that he wants to now be called Thomas Quick. Okay. In, in a therapy session. And that was based on his mother's maiden name was Quick. And, uh, Thomas was the first name of a boy that he says he murdered when he was 14 years old. And so everyone's like, what is happening? We didn't realize that we had a murderer here. Uh -huh. um, and so, uh, and it didn't matter because the statute of limitations was up. So it wasn't like they could, um, they weren't going to prosecute him for it. But 
um, they, this begins his confessions of these people, these children that he's murdered. So the first confession that he gives in, um, in therapy, he says that he murdered a boy named Johann Asplund. And this was a boy that he was, um, in 1980, he was 11 years old, and he went missing on his way to Wait, school. Wait, so these are real? He, they're true? The, the, the cold cases are real, yes. Okay. So this boy went missing on the way to school in 1980. Okay. It was a huge story at the time. There was like the night that they discovered he was missing, hundreds of people were searching for him. And, um, but no, it, it, he was never found, no body was ever found, and it was just a cold case. Mm -hmm. It was a famous cold case. So um, Thomas, the new Thomas Quick, um, tells his therapist he had lured Johan into his car, driven him to the forest, killed him, raped him, stuck a knife through his heart. Oh. So, the, of course, the therapist is like, that sounds great. I'll be back in one second. And then <laughs> fucking books it up the hallway. Is she, yeah. Is she still in her bathing suit? <laughs> it's a different day. Towel around her different waist? Day. No. She's trying to get the water out of her ear. Sorry, I, I did not hear you right. I have all this lake water in my ear. Yeah. Well, of course, the whole staff is on high alert because yeah. they're like, holy shit, this guy's actually a murderer. And so they, he becomes the most important patient at, mm. at this hospital now. Um, and the, so they, they were like, this is perfect for our new aggressive treatment where this is how we're going to treat um, mentally insane criminals and this, this guy is going to be like, it's going to work on him. So, um, he begins to go to 90 minute therapy sessions three times a week oh. with a <laughs> psychotherapist, um, named Birgitta Stahl. Um, she's a brilliant doctor. She is a devotee of this new, um, therapy treatment that they, that they, uh, are promoting. And, um, uh, and it's during one of the sessions with her that he, uh, that, that, that all comes to light. That's the therapist we were talking about earlier. Okay. So, um, the police are called and they basically tell Thomas, you have to come and take us and show us where you buried his body. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, the therapists, the police, um, doctors, they all get into a van and they drive up to Sundsvall. Sundsvall. <laughs> I just think if it's Sundesval, it should be S-U-N-D-E-S-V-A-L-L. Okay, then I said it right. <laughs> what I realize now is there's a bunch of people that are saying other stuff and telling us we're wrong. Now I don't care how I pronounce anything. It's, this is, we're going back to Oslo rules. Listen, it's her fucking birthday. Look! Let her have it. It's my birthday, and it's pronounced Sundisvall. <laughs> okay. So they're walking around out in the woods there. They don't find anything. There's police video footage in this documentary. Oh you have God. to see it. There's video footage where they're following him around, and he's walking, and the, there's a therapist with his hand right on his back that's, like, right next to him, and then he would, like, walk and kind of point randomly, and then he would cry really loud, and it's very embarrassing. And he's yeah. like, where you're just like, this would be such an uncomfortable day trip <laughs> to have to be on. They don't find anything, of course. Then he says, well, that's because I cut his body up and put it in 
different pieces in different places so then they do more walking and more pointing and more crying in groups and it's super weird it's like you see these the therapists are just like right next to him and then they're just like comforting him and it you really see the positive like uh affirmation mm -hmm. that he's getting from mm -hmm. all of this behavior mm -hmm. from them so um they do it for hours and they don't find anything but but they still consider it a great success that they did it so on the way home they go out to dinner and everybody gets a cigar including thomas quick they all get to go to mcdonald's and yeah. get fucking happy meals it looked in the documentary it looked like it was a pretty nice restaurant wow. um so he basically now is kind of He's, he's feeling that positive reinforcement for what this, con this confession is bringing up. Um, so uh, he also wasn't just getting nice attention and people you know, comforting him and liking him. He was also getting all the drugs he wanted. Because part of this um, therapy was, the, it's this idea that you're bringing up these incredibly painful, repressed, horrible memories, mm -hmm. and therefore those feeling you need to be able to um, take drugs to make them go away. Ooh. Even in the mental hospital, Ooh. they thought that. I, hear, I feel some flaws might be happening. Well, here's, how, here's the drugs he was on. Uh, his daily intake, and he could get extra when he requested it, um, if it was an, a special occasion. <laughs> um, Turkey day. Right. Six five milligram, milligrams of Valium, four one milligram Xanax, She's pointing at me One, again. I, you're just the person I'm talking to. <laughs> I, I do take Xanax. <laughs> uh, uh, one 10 milligram uh, pre-fill Valium. I don't, is that better? Um, <laughs> 1.5 milligram Halcyon. That's some fucking serious shit. Jesus. Uh, I've never heard two of it. Rohypnol, which is the date rape drug. What? It's fucking date rape oh. drugging himself. He's roofing himself. Uh, six Trio Comp, which I don't. That's, you, is that the good shit? Should I get that at the pharmacy? Aspirin. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh. They're like, yes, you can get it at the pharmacy. <laughs> it's fucking aspirin. <laughs> Two Bayer. <laughs> Some uh, birth control. <laughs> and. You know, if I was writing that article, I wouldn't have put aspirin on the no. list. But. Okay, so essentially, um, he, in therapy, starts to discover that he committed all these crimes because of the terrible things, which is, you know, what he's supposed to mm, discover, mm -hmm. that happened during his childhood, namely the extreme physical and sexual abuse um, done to him by his parents. Uh -oh. um, and he says, quote, it is my belief that every detail of my killings contained in exa its exact counterpart in what my parents subjected me to, every detail in each shade. So... Um, he tells an, this insane fucking story that I won't even give you all the details. I'm sure you've seen this documentary. You can see it. It's so awful. He basically, it's a story where he tells his therapist his father was raping him when he's like four years old. His mother walks into the room. She's seven months pregnant. She sees what's happening. She immediately miscarries. And he, Simon sees the baby fall what out dead on the ground and then the father stabs the baby no. and the father tries to feed him the baby's flesh so if i'm the therapist i would have been like sorry we need to go back uh three steps <laughs> yeah. this is a bit extreme <laughs> i don't want to doubt you i know that you are in pain but wow. what, you're basically describing like a 10 year old boy's horror movie if you could like <laughs> Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, he also claims his mother tried to drown him in a lake. 
<laughs> a lot of lake action. Yeah. Um, and tried to push him in front of a bus. There is no proof of any of these things happening, and the Bergwall family denies all of it, says that's not what their parents were like. It wasn't an ideal childhood. They're like, except for going to the lake, this is all not <laughs> this true. This bullshit. Yeah. Maybe she pushed me near a bus, yeah. but... Okay, so... So basically, these confessions continue for six years. He keeps confessing to different crimes, wow. cold cases that have happened in the country or in Norway. Um, he confessed... He confessed, by 1999, he had confessed to 25 unsolved murders, what? and he had been convicted of five of them. Holy shit. So they're basically taking his confession and then using it in court, um, and he's getting convicted. The media dubs him Sweden's own Hannibal Lecter. He's also called the boy killer. Um, and uh, he also, of course, by confessing, they're clearing these famous cold cases that have been hanging over you know, the country for mm -hmm. so long. Um, and of course, selling a shit ton of newspapers because when, when it first hits, it's all anyone's talking about. But as the years pass, um, doubts start to grow, especially amongst- I've got a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crime reporters uh -huh. who are, have to be there in every detail of it, <laughs> yeah. right? And of course, the victims' families, which is just like, yeah, this is this case is not closed right. because this isn't the guy that did it. Right. But everybody is- when they bring up the inconsistencies in Thomas Quick's stories, the police, they, they start calling them Team Quick, which are the psychoanalysts, the doctors, mm. and the police. The people who really want to believe him. Who really want to believe him. And they always say, well, of course he's not going to get the exact weapon right. He's very upset. <laughs> right. They keep saying, he's not going to get the exact location. He doesn't remember where he's, he buried. He's on a ton of aspirin. bodies. <laughs> he's on a ton of He's taken minimum two aspirin a day. <laughs> That'll really screw you he up. Fucked up on that fucking good shit. Mm -hmm. He just keeps roofing himself. Every time we ask him to tell us details, he's like, I'm roofied. He's fucking out like a light. <laughs> so in spring of 1996, he confesses to murdering, it's a very famous cold case in Norway, a nine-year-old girl named Therese Johansson. And uh, she had disappeared in 1988. Um, and it spurred one of the largest police searches to date, which you, yours I one said that. Too. I know. This is second largest. Um, he tells police that he had cut up her body and put it into a nearby lake for, to where, near where she um, had disappeared. The authorities drain the lake no. twice. They say they brought it down to a level that it had been in in 10,000 years. Wow. They start to process the silt and water at the bottom of the lake. They do that twice, and they don't even find, like, a single shard of bone. Yeah. There is nothing in that fucking old-ass lake at all. So he also claims that there, were, there was the disappearance of two Somali asylum seekers uh, from an Oslo refugee center in 1989. Um, he claims that he murdered those two people as well. Um, which also now, this is fucking up his MO. Because up until that mm. point, he had killed boys. It was always uh, boys that had disappeared. Then it was a slightly older man. Um, now we're getting into, now it's a little girl, now it's adults. So now they're like, wait a minute. Right. But... 
it's the the crime reporters and the families are going this isn't usually that's not how it works and then his team is basically like no but this is he he's such a monster they basically they're like well if you think he's bad enough to do these murders why wouldn't you think he would do these murders because he's a monster he he's omnivorous when it comes to human beings he doesn't care he's not picky um so essentially uh uh, okay, so then he c- confesses to murdering two women, a 17-year-old named Trina Jensen. Um, she, uh, she, her dead body was found in August of 1981, as well as 23-year-old Grai Storovic. She was found in June of 1985. And with those two, he claims that he raped them before he killed them, and he claims that because in the police reports, they... Uh, semen had been found on their bodies. How did he, did he get access to all these reports? Well, okay, I see. That's where it starts to come together. Okay. Everyone, when he makes this confession, everyone's like, but you're gay and you've been out for like, all. everyone knows that. And like suddenly you're just changing that too. Yeah. Um, Like you can be a murderer, but you can't not be gay. Well, I guess that's not what I'm saying. I'm just reading what's on this paper. <laughs> um, well, basically, it was just, it, it defied lo- right. the logic of the MO. Sure. Um, so, still, his confession held up, and he was convicted for wow. both of those murders. Um, so, everyone's going, how does he know all these details? If he, because people keep saying, well, how, how can he not be um, responsible? Because he's confessing, and he knows details that you would only know if you were there. Okay. Turns out. Uh-uh. You get a day pass when you're at a uh, fallen uh, mental hospital. Uh-uh. So you can fuck on off to the library <laughs> and look up any old crime oh, you want to. No. And that's what he had been doing. Holy shit. Yes. So he had been looking up cold cases, getting all the information at the National Library in Stockholm. He would, right? Let's hear it for that library. And why don't you donate some money to the National Library? You greedy fuckers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he'd go there, read old press reports, you know, read, read whatever he could. He would take notes. Um, and he also, then th- there was also a lot of, this was before, um, that the people discovered that thing of how leading police could be mm-hmm, in confession. Mm-hmm. So there was a murder of a husband and wife. They were Dutch tourists named Marinus and Gianni Stegehuis and, they had uh, been both been murdered while they were sleeping in a tent n- near a lake in 1984. Oh so the police recreate the scene, but they don't say to, to him, where was the tent, where was the car? Right. He walks up and it's all set up for him. So they're like, now just go do the thing you did back then. So he's like, okay, cameras are rolling. Oh he goes and does it. It's completely inaccurate. It's wrong. Yeah. It is not what, how it happened. So then they go, we need to take a break. Turn that camera off. They go, t- they go over and the police talk to him for a little while. And then when they turn the camera back on, he does it again and he does it right. Uh-uh. Yeah. Do they have that footage in the documentary? Y- yes. Well, they have the tent, they have the first wrong one and it's so, it's like, I hate bad acting anyway so much. <laughs> but he's like, goes into this tent. He's like, rah, rah, rah. It's like, they didn't ask you to act like a bear, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Oh, my God. Um, 
but basically that's what every they start putting it together that they're making it as easy as possible yeah. for him to know this information aside, and the library of course so in total Thomas Quick confesses to 39 murders in Sweden Norway Denmark and Finland taking place between 1964 and 1993 and he has tried and convicted for eight of these Holy murders shit. so of course, the, the debate is raging about whether or not it's real. And um, by 2001, there's people that are that writing books. Um, where's that? I don't want to find this book. The first guy that wrote a book, it was called, um, uh, I'm not going to be able to remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> the Da Vinci Code. Why didn't I? <laughs> I should have italicized it. Um, it's a book called... It doesn't matter. It was basically like Thomas Quick, a, a mythomaniac, mm. essentially. Okay. Um, but he, it's basically a person that put it all down on paper of like, oh. there's no fucking way that all of these are real. Um, and so as the debate rages and the press is no longer interested, it's been years and years of this guy being like, ah, I did it too. And so at first, everyone's like, they got him, they got him. And after a while, everyone's like, it's not a story as much anymore and yeah. it's not as interesting. It's not selling papers at all. And so in 2001, Thomas Quick makes a statement um, that these public doubts that he keeps hearing um, are hurting his family. And... <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And also hurting the families of the victims because it's seeding all this um, doubt. And it's, you know, it's making it worse. So he says, I'm not, I'm no longer talking to the police. I'm no longer talking to anybody. And he then proceeds not to talk for seven years. What? Right. Um, now, in the meantime, in 2006, Johann Asplund's parents, who is the first boy that he uh -huh. claimed that he killed, they got a lawyer together. They got a lawyer, and this lawyer got a document together. It's a 53-page document on the weaknesses of Thomas Quick's stories because they were like, it is not him, and all this shit is bullshit. Wow. And this document actually proves that two Somali refugees that had gone missing were still alive. What? Yeah. Holy shit. So it's like, it all, of course, quickly begins to fall apart. Yeah. And then in 2008, the Swedish filmmaker Hannes Rostam visits um, Thomas Quick. Oh, now he's Stude. He, again, he's back. Um, <laughs> and Hannes basically says, you know, I've watched these videos of you in, uh, like, doing these reenactments and you in court, and you're so clearly on drugs. I mean, like, you're fucking high as a kite. <laughs> And Stura's like, I was high as a kite. You're exactly right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, they, literally, it's his, Rossum said to him, I see in the reenacting videos that you're high as a kite. Whoa. That's not me. Um, <laughs> and so basically, the next day, Stura went to his psychotherapist and said, um, quote, I haven't committed any of these murders <gasps> I've been convicted of and none of the murders I've confessed to either. That's just the way it is. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh, that psychotherapist was like, yes, you did. Yes, you did. No, but. Yes, you did. Remember, you cried. You cried so yeah. loud. Yeah. We've <laughs> they end up making two one-hour documentaries um, that were broadcast on Swedish TV and basically the pub that exposed that and the public immediately was like, oh yeah, that's now they're kind of on his side because it was so insane. Mm -hmm. And then they, when they went to retry the cases, 
um, basically all the charges got dropped right. because they, they went and it's lack of evidence was cited as the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, then Rostam wrote a best-selling book called Thomas Quick, The Making of a Serial Killer. Um, and uh, he, it basically convinced most people of Thomas Quick, uh, his innocence. Unfortunately, Rostam died in 2012, so he wasn't there to get to see. Mm. Um, the benefit of his work, on July 30th, 2013, Studo was acquitted of the last eight of his murder convictions, and it was called, the entire thing was called the Judicial Scandal of the Century. He has since been released uh, from Sauter, and he no longer takes medication <laughs> of any kind. Oh, no. Yeah. The one interesting thing is uh, that I think is Leonard Hugland, who is the man that Studa attacked in 1974, doesn't buy any of it. And he was quoted as saying, every time I think of Studa, my heart starts pounding. He destroyed my life and he keeps on ruining my life. It makes me sick to see him on TV when he sits there in his cell and blames the hospital for drugging him. It's just a big act. He started one show by saying, Thomas Quick is dead. I am Studa Bergwall. When he attacked me, he was Studa Bergwall. So he like, yeah. Yeah. That was a long one, sorry. No, that was... Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Crazy. I had never heard of it. I want to watch the documentary now. So nuts. Also, it's funny because they do show him a lot in that uh, prison mental hospital, and it looks like a really nice apartment. He's just like <laughs> kicking back. He's got a cat. Yeah, posters on the wall. A yeah. fern. <laughs> so nice. Great job. Thanks. Do you want to do a... Yeah, we have time for a quick home tour. Yeah, it's time. All right. A quick hometown. A quickie. There's some... Not yet. There's some rules. Hold on. These are important. You've heard them before. You can't be so drunk that you can't follow your own story. That's key. Because it gets really boring for sober people that are just like, (laughs) what? What year did it happen? We can do it. You can't do it. Um, We want it to be local. It's not any fun when it's like, oh my God, this crazy thing happened in Russia. We're like, no one cares. Um, So we want it to be local. It's great when it's personal. It really needs to have an ending. That's just basic storytelling, beginning, middle, end. It's really not fun when you're like, and then they just don't know what happened. And then we're all like, all right, um, (laughs) cool. Uh, And... Everyone oh, you, you have to remember that if you get picked, everyone else hates you, so you got to move it along. <laughs> Just pace it up nice and quick. And uh, um, yeah. who wants to tell us their hometown story? All right, yes. Behind, no, no, behind Mariah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Guys, it's Vince, everybody. Oh, over here, honey. There he is. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, Vince got made into a skinhead today. They shaved his entire head. Did you do uh, that yourself? There's a little miscommunication with the barber. Oh. (laughs) Some of the terms are different here related to... (laughs) He texts me. I went to the mall. He got his hair done and he texts me and he's like, "Um, it'll grow back in two weeks. I know how you like it longer. (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. Hi. Hi. Come here. (laughs) Hug me. Johanna. Johanna. Johanna, you get in the center. You get in the center. Come here. Okay. Hi. It's Johanna, everybody. Love your outfit. Very cute. So Uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from a town like two hours north of here called Diable. 
Yavla? So are they. What, everyone. What is Yavla known for? Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> coffee, mostly. Oh, coffee. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, but the story I'm going to tell you about is actually, it's a personal story. Okay. Uh, it's about... Uh, I'm going to start from the beginning. Do it. When I was a very young child, I was maybe 10 or something, I became friends with this girl in a house a few houses away. And uh, uh, she was like two years older than me. She was really cool. Uh, we like played with the Ouija board. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scary stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh, I used to go over to her house. She was in foster care. And she had a lot of cats. So I was overjoyed. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And uh, she had like a really cool room and everything. So we hung out there a lot. And later, my mom told me, like, yeah, you don't remember that correctly. The whole house smelled of cat pee. <laughs> <laughs> and everything was dirty. I had to bathe her when she came over. Aww. Yeah. Your so, mom bathed the girl? Yeah. She, she helped her, like, take a shower because no one told her to. Uh, her name was Anna. And uh, later on, we lost touch because she grew up a bit faster than me, started smoking, started drinking. And uh, we lost touch. And then a few years ago, when I was, I was over 20 at least, I saw her picture in the paper. Mm. And she had been killed. Mm. She had been killed. Uh, what They had arrested her boyfriend. She just had a son. And uh, he left her uh, in the apartment alone, went downstairs to his dad's apartment with... Uh, the boy, and uh, his story is that when he came back, she was dead, stabbed. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he got arrested because it's always the boyfriend. <laughs> uh, but, and he was in jail for like several weeks, uh, didn't get to see his son, didn't get to see his family or anything. Uh, and the co story could have ended there uh, when they actually started zoning in on someone else. Uh, and that was the son of the family where she was in foster care that I have met. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. And, uh... Let, here's a new... It's, we're gonna call this Johanna's Rule. I know. <laughs> Add a twist of rue. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, and if they would have arrested him right away, that would have been great. But they were still really zoned in at this uh, boyfriend guy. Uh, so he managed to kill another girl. Oh. Another girl that uh, she was a little bit older and she was also in that same foster home when she was a kid. What? And, uh, like, uh, and then they finally figure out it's not the boyfriend uh, for once, one time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not this time, not the boyfriend. <laughs> They're like, look, usually we're right. <laughs> Give us yeah. a break. This time it was not. It was this brother in this foster home <gasps> and he... Uh, he f had some ideas about like satanic ideas and he wanted to drink their blood and he was like all around creepy guy <laughs> and he was still living with his parents in this foster home uh, in a little cabin in the yard oh, oh no yeah and his entire room was like filled with notes and photos about his foster sisters oh. and uh, so it was pretty clear case from there, yeah. and he go, went to prison for life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Johanna, everybody. I'm 
I would give you this, but we can't. We know. <laughs> I meant as a gift. <laughs> um, God, that went so fuck, fast. I know. At least for us. We could keep going, but I got to pee. <laughs> Look, I drink all of this Evian water. Uh, listen, this is fucking insane. Our lives have just gone crazy because of this podcast. And I, my friend today, I was texting with her and she was like, stop saying you're lucky. It's not luck. And it's like, well, yeah, we're lucky that we have the coolest fucking listeners yeah. that are so supportive. Like, didn't have to be this way. And we appreciate it. And we're in fucking Stockholm because of you guys. So it's, thank you so much. It's very... Uh... It's very cool to travel all the way across the world to a place where you can't pronounce any of the words, <laughs> and people there have heard of your podcast, listened to it, and want to come and watch you do it yeah. live. That's an amazing feeling. We're so grateful. What a great birthday. What's that? What a great birthday. Oh, what a great birthday. It really has been. <laughs> Thank you guys so much Thank for being you. here with us. And for getting tickets and for listening and for writing us emails. We love you. Stay sexy. And And don't get murdered. Goodbye.